welcome everybody to the dog days of summer and the DC beer show. Hot weather, hot takes. We are DC beer across social media. Brandy, what are you drinking? Not hot beer. Thank goodness. Um, at, actually, at this very second, I was about to open. Oh, I already pre-opened it. It was very lackluster. I apologize. Um, the lager steam beer from Jailbreak. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just crushed uh, a Panda Strike Force from Hellbender right before this, so that's that's what I'm drinking. What are you uh, What are you guys drinking over there? I've got other half's lime snaps, lime flavored oh. rice lager. So you know, any beer that's under five percent is automatically getting five stars for me. Um, <laughs> it helps. <laughs> so I, I'm so biased in my judgment. Under five, fantastic. Over might might not. You're just over five. I think it's like five four oh, or five five point four. Yeah, I yeah. haven't had this one actually, so I couldn't even make a comment on it when I was introing it because I just opened it. So. Brand new, brand new beginnings. Jake, what are you yeah. drinking? Before I get into what I'm drinking, I just want to say um, shout out to Rob Finko for Jailbreak. Um, oh. uh, that that was a sample he blessed us with and was happy to have. He passed it to Stein. I took one. He passed it to you. I passed it to you. We all took steam beer. Um, of the lager series I've had, that's L-O-G-G-E-R from Jailbreak. I think that one is my favorite. That's like a that's a tricky style to get right. Um, mm. It's hybrid because it's lagered, but it's got the steam thing and ale yeast. Uh, it's really good. It's got like, it's like, yummy. Yeah, I mean, and I'm the into can it. is fucking rad. I love the can hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be I'll be back for more of that one, Rob and Jeffrey. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. From Maryland to Virginia, I've got a beer brewed entirely with Loudoun County ingredients. It was brewed and canned at Wheatland Spring. It's called loud and grown and i'm gonna start shouting out because it's got hanging rock three monkeys and wheatland spring grain yeast from jasper yeast cultivated from the west field at wheatland spring hops from faboli cellars um the hops are unnamed but they're whole leaf and they're there uh it's like a farmhouse hazy Pale ale thing, entirely Loudon ingredients. That's pretty, pretty cool. I'm into it. Let's see it. Can I see? Can I see the pretty beer? Yes. Let me see. Oh, it's a okay. it's a great looking can. Yeah. The infographic yeah, like on the it tells you about all the ingredients. I love the beaker with the uh, magnifying glass showing yeast cells. Yeah, and that's mm. like the yeast oh, yeah. contribution. I hang oh. that. I hang that in my house. That'd be a fine art print. Heck yeah. So John, yeah, John and Bonnie, if you're listening, sell artwork. Yeah, Monetize that shit. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> to John prints. and Bonnie. Love y'all. Yes. Yeah. So Jake, I wanted to tell you, while this may be the first modern beer brewed entirely with Loudoun County ingredients, it is not the first time an all Virginia ingredient beer has been brewed. I actually covered the first all Virginia beer, first modern all Virginia beer in 2013. Um, we'll link to the article in the show notes, but basically it, it came from Fabio Garcia. Um, so shout out to Fabio at Dynasty. Brano, Brano, you were drinking the uh, dry Irish mm. stout last episode. Mm, last time, yeah. Yep. The, the day that I got stung by the wasp. Yes, I remember that vividly. <laughs> when you fought the wasp, didn't know you were going to win, but you won. Um, yeah. So shout out to Fabio, who first did it in 2013 with Copper Fox Malt. 
with wheat from Bay's Best Feed in Heatsville, hops from Sage Hill Hop Farm, and then, surprise, surprise, Jasper Ackerboom did the yeast for that beer too. So believe it or not, the first all Virginia beer was in 2013, according to the DCBeer.com archive. Cool. I issue a challenge. Thanks, I for, thanks, all... thanks for historying us, Mike Stein. <laughs> Settle down oh, easy. Make us an all falls church beer. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, there's, there's, um, What's the other brewery in Falls Church? Well, there's Solace, obviously, but yeah, Solace um, Outpost. Atro- Atro- atrocious. No. Oh, audacious. Audacious Elwurps. But you know atrocious. what? Like if, if a brewery called themselves Atrocious Elwurps, mad respect if you were. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this this stuff sucks. Where it's atrocious. Atro- <laughs> atrocious Elwurps open for one hour. Yes. Look, yeah. do not grand opening, do grand closing. anything that I'm saying. I'm I've been hungover, birthday hungover for like the last five days. So just don't take what I say with a grain of salt. <laughs> what's what's next, y'all? Uh, what's next is we're going to have an interview with um, Mike Lasort, the incoming DC Homebrewers Club president, and a man whose name Mike Lasort sounds a lot like Papa Roach's last resort. Um, Try and get that out of your head now. I dare you. He is a neighbor to some of us, a purveyor of um, his partner's baked goods, and he loves ska music. So, so without further ado, Mike Lazort. Hi, DC Beer fam. Brandy here to introduce our next guest. I've had the extreme privilege of knowing this human since 2016 or 2017. I'm pretty sure we met at a Three Stars Artist and Artisan Jam summer party, and despite the excruciating heat, his kind demeanor <laughs> and bold presence made him the coolest cat in the joint. I absolutely adore Mike Lestore and his lovely wife, Jan. Shout out to Jan. And I'm glad to introduce you to this saxophone-playing, stellar homebrew and son of a gun to the show. Say hi, Mike. Hey, hi, Brandy. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> of course. Uh, we all love you. Um, for those poor, unfortunate souls who haven't had the privilege of meeting you, Mike, tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, well, um, I'm going to be, actually, actually, I will be very shortly, the new president of the D.C. Homebrew Club. Uh, the vote the vote came through. I was the only candidate, so I won. It was pretty easy. Uh, it, it looks Land like there's going to be an official announcement. Yeah, pretty much. I think there was one write-in vote, and uh, I'm going to have to find out who that is and crush my enemies somehow. Yeah. But um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, there's going to be an announcement coming out from the current president announcing that I'm the new president, and we're going to have our first meeting with me as president uh, coming up on the 24th, on Saturday the 24th. And uh, if you know a little bit about DC Homebrewers, we're a pretty cool homebrew club. Um, we're one of the few around here that doesn't charge any dues. In fact, I think we're the only one around here that doesn't charge dues. And we're we're pretty open. We're, we're, we 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 like to have new folks join up. Um, we like to have people at meetings. And now so the things are opening up in DC more. We're really looking forward to having in person meetings. We've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings, so it's going to be nice that we had our first in person meeting about uh, two weeks ago. So this will be our second in person meeting post COVID, or well, sorry to say post COVID, but you know post vaccinations, I guess. Yeah. How long have you been brewing, home brewing specifically, I suppose? And and why did you seek to become the new homebrew president? Why did you want to be the president? Good question. So so I, my, I think I made my first batch of homebrew, I'm going to say like 1991 or so. Oh, wow. um, and I, I got into it uh, and it was it was pretty awful. I know it was pretty <laughs> awful. But I, but I because I didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue what I was doing. But I got into it because I used, I used to be in the Air Force. I was stationed in Germany. And when I came back to the U.S., um, 
there was really nothing but Sam Adams and Sierra Nevada and Budweiser. That was pretty much all. Or, or you could buy like a skunked Beck's beer or something, right, that you find in a liquor store. And mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I'm going to try to learn how to make beer. And and Jan, you know, oh, we, we both sort of did it together. Um, and it's a lot of fun. You know, back then it was all extract stuff. Um, it took a long hiatus, uh, probably, I don't know, we, we moved to our house in 94, and I think I stopped brewing probably starting around like 2000 or so and then didn't make an, another beer again until probably about eight or nine years ago, probably around the time I met you, I guess, or maybe oh. a little bit before, a little bit after I met you. And no, sorry, that, that was how long I've been homebrewing. What was the other question? What, well, why did I seek the uh, membership? Well, yeah. one thing, Omar is our current, one, one thing, Omar is our current president and uh, it's a two year term. He's looking to stand down and um, they were asking you, well, I'm, I'm already a member of the quote unquote cabinet uh, of DC homebrewers. And I was doing education with actually one of our own, Mike Stein, um, you know, one of the DC beer guys. He is also in education. Also, Pete Jones. Uh, well, Pete Jones is more competition, but you know, I'm sure you know Pete and Mike from uh, uh, from uh, Lost Loggers. But anyway, um, I was helping out with education. Omar's term was ending, and we were trying to figure out who's going to take over, and nobody wanted to volunteer. So I said, oh, what the hell, I'll do it. So that's kind of how it happened. Cool. Um, I know that you guys have been super hunkered down during the pandemic because I know like myself Jan has the autoimmune issue um right. and hers is exactly, pretty yeah. pretty legit um biggest question is well, so is yours who drank all your beer homebrew during the pandemic was it just you and Jan drinking all of it <laughs> pretty much and really I didn't make that much homebrew I mean when we were really hunkered down I think I only made like two batches and what were those batches Let's see. I made a what was it? I made a barrel aged stout, mm. uh, and I made. Oh, was that a, the one that uh, I had at your party? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. it was so good. I think I missed the Kolsch, yeah, unfortunately, so, but. So those are the only ones. I, actually, I've got the new Kolsch, which it, it, it needs a little bit more time. I got a new Kolsch. I brewed it about a month ago. I think it needs another couple of weeks because there's a little bit of green apple flavor going on with that mm. one. But once that once that ferments out, it should be pretty tasty. Um, and those are about the only beers I've made. I, I, I've got. I mean, I got stuff in barrels. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of, I don't know. I got, I got a quote unquote lambic um, in a, in a wine barrel that's been sitting in there for about probably three years. And I, I'm packaging some of that. I've got some, I had, it's, it's basically what, what I guess what they would call a goose in, in Belgium. Um, uh, it's, it's essentially a sour with, with no fruit added, but I've, I've got, I've got some that I bottled with cherry. Some I bottled with raspberry, some with, what I got raspberry, cherry, peach, and I got some right now that has persimmons on it, but I haven't bottled that yet. Mm. I think you made a persimmon beer before. I feel like yeah, yeah I made a pers- I made a persimmon saison. I think before, which turned out pretty well. Yeah. Um, and now right now I've been kind of brewing like crazy. I guess starting in February, I made a what did I make? I made a Maybach, which is that that kicked that keg's gone. Uh, in March, because I'm kind of weird about German beer rules, I made a Märzen, which is an Oktoberfest beer. Yeah, and you're supposed to it's brew that in March, so favorites. I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my, my and it's tasting really good right now. I pulled. A, I'm not officially drinking it until September 18th or so, which is the first day of Oktoberfest. Mm. But I pulled a few quality control samples, as one must do, you know, to make sure it's still good and make sure it's going to be drinkable. And it's drinking really nice right now. Good. Um, what else do I got? I've got a Mexican lager, which you had some I of that did. at your party. Oh, on, so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah Mike, I'm, really, I'm really happy with that beer. Mike, for every Mike came to my party, my birthday party on Saturday. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. I've met so many, I've met so, so many home brewers because, you know, I hang out with beer people. 
And a lot of times they're like, oh, I brewed this beer. You should try my home brew. And I do. And it's never really good. And so when I tell people that my friend Mike is bringing his beer to my party and they're like, Ugh, they roll their eyes. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you haven't had my sister's <laughs> beer. Um, well, thank, thank you. Thank you for that. This leads up to my question. You ready for this one? It's a doozy. Uh-huh. It's going to be okay. hard. It's going to be a tricky question. Um, I don't know if I can personally answer which beers have been my favorite that you've made, but like what, what top two beers that you can think of that have been your favorite that you've made? I'm just curious because everything that I've had from you is amazing. <laughs> so Yeah. I really, really like my Christmas beer. Oh, that um, one was which so is, good. Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably my fa- that's probably my favorite beer. And that's a it's a Belgian strong dark, which is basically Belgian quadruple, but I add some spices to it. Uh, not a lot of spice because you know I'm, I'm one of the things that home brewers do that drives me a little bit crazy is when they make a spice beer that's just like all you can taste is spice, mm-hmm. right? So you got to be a little bit more subtle. And this spice that I use is actually something called Sweet Gale, which is a it's a weed that uh, um, that's that used to be used back in the day when they made beer before hops. It's one of the it's one of the ingredients in what they call gruit, G R U I T, and that's yeah. one of the, uh, Sweet Gale is one of the ingredients in and in, in gruit. So I actually use some of the seeds in my Christmas beer. And I just crush the seeds in a mortar and pestle and then add a little bit, like maybe add, I don't know, three or four grams for a five-gallon batch because it's pretty strong. Um, yeah. That's probably my, all-time fa- probably my all-time favorite beer. And I also, I mean, God, what else? I, I think I think that the barrel-aged stout that I made, this, this one I have on tap right now, I picked up a 15-gallon um, uh, rye barrel from Sang-Froid Distillery. Oh, yeah. Actually, one of the, one of the owners lives like... I don't know, a five minute walk from our house. Jeff? Um, so, uh, no. Uh, um, Nate. Was it Jeff? Who was it? Nate or Jeff? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Jeff. Shout out to Jeff. Hey Jeff. guys. Love yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, St. Fraud <laughs> is awesome. So, um, I think either Jeff or Nate, I forget who texted me and said, hey, we got a barrel. I, I, I got to be friends with them from just going. I probably met them through you somehow. Probably. Um, <laughs> They're so nice. Yeah, so they texted me and said, hey, we got a barrel that we just, we just dumped this rye out of. And if you want to uh, brew a beer in it, you know, or, or age a beer in it. So I made an imperial stout, cut it to about 11% or so. Then I put it, I racked it into a 15-gallon barrel from them. So that gave me three kegs. It was in a barrel for about uh, probably three months. So that gave me three five-gallon kegs. One keg I had just on, um, I, have, I have a nitro tap, a, a, a beer, beer gas tap. So one keg was on that. I just kicked that like yesterday or the day before, which made me sad. Um, but the other two kegs, one I added... Um, uh, Vigilante coffee to it, mm. which is also so. This, this is this is sort of my Hyattsville beer, yeah. You know, because they're they're you know, Vigilante and and Saint is right around the corner. So I've got um, vanilla beans and coffee in in one keg, and on the third keg, and I have that on the kegerator right now. And the third keg, I added ancho peppers and uh, cacao nibs. So it's got like a a peppery kind of chocolate flavor, which it, it's like a I guess I'm, I don't know, like Mexican style flavors or whatever. Those are probably my two favorite beers, though, and I think. The one with the coffee and vanilla beans is drinking really nicely right now. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I I think it's great when people, especially like brewers, incorporate local businesses. Um, and and speaking of including, um, I read through your platform, and we actually talked about it on my birthday, about how you really, one of your main focuses um, that you're going to have while you're D.C. homebrew president is trying to have more diversity in the beer community, especially in the homebrewers club, because, you know, most people just think it's a white guy, like white guy club. Um, But, you know, 
everybody likes beer. <laughs> so um, yeah, how, pre- how are you yeah. going to focus on that? And have you, do you already have any ideas or do you have something in the works? That's a really good question. How I'm going to focus on it. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring it up. My first meeting as president is on the 24th. And I'm just going to flat out state it at that meeting. Like, look, I want to, I want to increase diversity. If you, I mean, if you know uh, uh, people of color or women who are brewers, I mean, tell them about us. If, if, if they're not, a, we, we do have a fair number of, of, of women members, um, not a whole lot of minorities, but a few as well. Um, but, you know, not, not, um, I, I, we, I guess our, you know, we're mostly all white dudes. I mean, that's just, that's just the nature of craft beer. I always sort of look at home brewing as kind of a subset of craft beer. And, you know, a lot of craft brewers started off as home brewers. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, I mean, a, a, probably the mid, you know, the vast majority of people who make beer and sell beer and homebrew are white dudes. Yeah. So I'm going to actually ask, I'm going to ask at the meeting, hey, if you know someone who is a, is a woman or is a person of color who likes to make beer, please let them know about our club and then have them come to a meeting. So, you know, I hope that would be a good start. And then I don't know how to diversify from there. That's a good question. I guess sort of play it by ear and see how it grows. Are you going to incorporate social media? Because um, I know I, because I I do, for example, DC uh, Beer's Instagram. Jake and Mike do Twitter, which Twitter Twitter's huge. Um, and I think I actually, you know, I never see anything from DC homebrew. So like maybe that could be, cause I know you're active on Twitter. So it'd be like, Hey everybody, you know, how, how are people going to be able to sign up? You know? Well, tw- yeah, there's not a lot of, we, we do have a Twitter feed. Um, we don't really see a lot of action on the Twitter feed. Um, our Facebook page, we, we get a fair number of people on the Facebook page and that's probably how we communicate with most of our members. And we also have a list service, so, you know, a Google I guess it's Google Groups listserv. So we we do we um uh, so we 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 do communicate with our members through Google Groups. But yeah, I, I do want to figure out how to actually make our online presence um a bit more prevalent. I guess uh, you know make it. I think we do okay, but we could do more. You know, we we could have more outreach through that. And I I think also with you know with again I don't want to say the end of COVID because it certainly isn't the end. There's still you know the, but it's it's the the the, the post post vaccine era of the pandemic. Um, where uh, people can actually go out and congregate more safely. Um, and that's also one of the things I put on my platform. I want to make sure that that we get back to those in-person meetings and we do it in a very safe way. You know, and, and uh, um, you know, we're going to ask that everybody comes to meetings, that they be vaccinated and that, uh, um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say bring your vaccine card because I'm not going to I'm not going to babysit you. Right. I'm going to assume if you're if you're an adult and you're coming to one of our meetings and you say you're vaccinated, I'm going to take your word for it. Right. So if you aren't vaccinated, uh, please don't show up. But if you are vaccinated, <laughs> you're more than welcome. Yeah. So. Uh, so what? And also, it's not. Go ahead. And, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just. I was, all right, I was just going to say that DC homebrewer, you don't have to actually be a homebrewer to participate, too. There's a lot of folks. Um, you know, that just like to drink beer. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the name is DC Homebrew Club, but that, you know, that means you might just drink homebrew or, or, or we actually drink commercial beers sometimes too. Like we're this, this next thing we're having it, uh, um, on the 24th, it's, it's a meeting over at, uh, uh one of the owners of Sapwood, uh, Cellars, uh, Mike Tonsmeyer, it's going to be at his house and we're going to have, it's going to be featured in sours and we're actually going to be drinking Sapwood Cellars sours, um, this one we're gonna most actually all of our meetings there's no charge. This one there will be a charge because it's a commercial it's a commercial brewery and, and people have to pay for the beer that we buy. Yeah. Um, but most mostly everything else is you know bring beer and drink beer for free, which is actually kind of nice. But um, Sapwood's Sapwood's beers are well oh, worth the price. Oh gosh, great so good! Yeah. Like shout out to Sapwood. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, I just that, that I was just actually wish they were one of the Columbia. questions I was going to ask you was you know okay. do you have to homebrew like. 
I don't want the mess in my house. I I will drink beer right, all exactly. day, but can can yes. that, and that's more input that you get from you know outsiders. You know, not home. Well, yeah, and yeah, I would say Brandy, you are a perfect example of someone who could be a member at Easy Home Brewers <laughs> without being a brewer. I mean, it's yeah, you know, it's just the name of the club, and yeah, I mean, our focus is definitely on home brewing, but from the perspective of not just making beer, but from enjoying beer in general and enjoying home brew and enjoying. I mean, like I mentioned the. Uh, Probably almost everybody who's in the craft beer business today. I mean, I, I can't imagine, you know, breweries that have opened within the last 10 years or, or even longer. I'm sure that the vast majority of those people started off making beer in their basement and said, hey, I can make money at this. Right. You know, and, and, and I, I, that's you know, exactly and, so every story I've of, interviewed. <laughs> there, there's, there's, a, there's a huge intersect between craft brewers and home brewers. And, you know, and I'd, most of them started that way. Is there anything uh, that we missed or that you want to touch on before we wrap it up? Uh, let me take a look. At, I'm, I'm, I'm look. I'm actually looking at my at my, uh, my beer, platform. Mike. Yes. Okay. So we do we do have a we do have a competition. Um, our, we have several competitions, but our big one is called the Cherry Blossom Competition, um, and that takes place in the spring when the cherry blossom. We try to have it uh, take place around when the, the cherry blossoms are in bloom. Um, it's a really good competition. It's an AHA sanctioned competition. AHA is the American Homebrewers Association, um, and that is our that's our big annual competition. We do it every like March April timeframe, uh, usually in March. Um, and but we also at some of our meetings will have competitions as well. Um, we have an Oktoberfest meeting that takes place usually around you know, late September, early October, around Oktoberfest time. And that competition is we do German beers. Uh, we have. A hop comp- a hoppy beer competition. Like we, I think we call it the irresponsibly hopped competition, uh, where we feature hoppy beers. And we also have what's the other competition? Um, I should know this. Mm-hmm. Not cherry blossom. President. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jan, I know Jan's talking to me over here. Uh, oh, we also we, we we also do the um, lawnmower beer competition. Oh, I think that's fun. what the other one might be. So so anyway, we have several. Com- I, I have to look them all up. I'm I'm, I'm kind of new at being president, yeah. so I have to read them all. Read I'll, all I'll all cut all you some uh, slack. But. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So fair enough. But those competitions, they aren't AHA sanctioned. Those are pretty much, um, you know, they're, they're kind of like a best in show kind of thing. People taste them and like, right. You know, where they rank them, you know, on a scale of, you know, this is my favorite is my second favorite, whatever. So that th- those homebrew meeting competitions, there aren't really, there are people that know beer, but they're not necessarily sanctioned judges for the, for the uh, cherry blossom competition. We do actually have um, certified, uh, BJCP, the Beer Judge Certification Program, that's what BJPC, uh, BJCP stands for. So we do have certified judges that will give you a score sheet. Like there's right. you know, points for, like you get so many points for aroma, so many points for uh, appearance, so many points for flavor, uh, mouthfeel is another one, and overall impression. Those are the five categories. So the most points you can get, I think, is 50, and the least points you can get is, I guess, five. Um You'd have to really kind of be an asshole of a judge to give somebody five points, though, because there's no there's I no beers that are people, that bad. Unfortunately, yeah. But if, if you give if you're if you're a judge and you give somebody five points, that's yeah. that's not cool. I mean, I, you know, I would that's never do that. Um, and it's really also really not helpful. But what's what's cool about the BJP the BJCP sanctioned competition, the cherry blossom competition, is you get like really good feedback on how to make your beer better. So that that kind of ties in with something else, like education. So. Um, so we have a pretty good education group. Again, Mike Stein is one of our members of the education group. Um, and the education group is basically to teach people how to make better beers. And the, you know, the competition group, Pete uh, Pete Jones, also a member, you know, one of the, he and Mike are, are lost loggers. So Pete is pretty much one of our main guys for the competition committee. 
Um, so we, we, that, ed, that education and competition kind of go hand in hand. I mean, I think pretty much every homebrew, you know, you, one, one of the things that's really fun about getting together and tasting each other's homebrew is like, well, this is good, but you could do this with it. Right. You know, and and we're, we're, these are where the faults Positive are. Feedback. And these are where this, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and these are, these are the things that are really good about your beer, but these are the things you need to fix. So that's one of the things I really like about uh, uh, joining DC homebrewers actually made me a better homebrewer because I, I learned a lot from just interacting with other people. And I think that's probably one of the best things you can get out of joining the club is that you really learn, um, you know, there are there are some homebrewers that think that their beer is the greatest on earth and they don't need need any criticism. Yeah. But that's the they're, they're, that's not very many people and we don't want them to hang out with us that, with us that much anyway. We want, we want people who are open minded and, and will listen to criticism. That's that's good. And with that, you know, if you're listening, which you better be listening, um, join <laughs> if you want to drink beer. You don't have to brew beer. Just come. To, Join the homebrew club and learn more about beer and and bring your friend. Like, you know, we want more diversity. There has to be more diversity in beer. And beer is such a loving community, usually. So, um, yeah, it really yeah. is. And speaking of love, I love you, Mike Lestort. <laughs> <laughs> love you too, you Brandy. You are the absolute Thanks best. And I'm so thankful to call you my friend. Um, and well, it's not just because you make delicious beer, but you're actually pretty cool, too. <laughs> so everyone, well, DC Beer that. Fam... Um, if you see Michael Stewart, talk to him. He probably has like bright blue hair. Um, so you can't miss him. Uh, and if you're interested in going to any of the homebrew meetings or just to welcome Mike, um, to the press as president, um, give him a shout out. He's on Twitter. Um, and, uh, check out DC beer for any updates, Mike and Jan. Love you, Jan. We love you. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks. Thanks so much. If I can briefly mention our website, dchomebrewers.com. Oh, of course. Yes. So it's all, all the platforms. Yeah, so yes. That's, that, that's, that's our website. We're also on uh, on Facebook. It's just look for, do a search for DC Homebrew Club on Facebook. And, and you, know, just, you can just join up. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and please, you know, join up and come to our meetings and we'll have some fun. We'll drink some homebrew. Yay. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Thanks, Brandy. Bye. And we're back. Brandy, you briefly alluded to your birthday, Regalus of Tales, which then I can either corroborate or <laughs> deny or, or deny. non-deny because I was there for some of it because we were at Hellbender. Yeah. So my birthday shenanigans began um, on Saturday, July 3rd, at Hellbender. That's where the main event, the first event was. Um, and... Mostly all of my friends showed up other than um, I'm like going to call out Simon and Brian and tell them for not coming. Shame shame on you guys. Shame us all. For shame. For (laughs) shame. um, Hellwinder was phenomenal. Um, They they set aside two tables for us and then we ended up commandeering like four, five tables. (laughs) I had a lot of friends show up. So I'm a lucky girl. Very happy. Um, we all drank really delicious beer and yummy food at Hellbender. Um, shout out to Ben and LT. Love you guys. And then we went to Chacho. And I don't know if you guys have heard of Chacho. And I know it's not beer related, but. This is not um, dcdistilling.com, Brandy. This is a whole well, but, separate thing. But, but I will say that Chacho has a full bar and they carry local beer. They carry Hellbender and Three Stars and Right Proper. So, yes. Yeah, so, shout out to Chacho. And then we ended the night at my house and it was, as you would say, a shit show. Um, Michael Stewart came 
brought his homebrew, some of it, and we got, we drank a lot, and we were all merry and happy, so um, for those of you who came to my birthday, like, shout out to Kofi for coming, um, just, I, I, my heart was overflowing, so thanks, thanks for making my, my birthday, uh, very birthday worthy, and um, full of love, so, yeah. Stein, <laughs> do you think it's fair that you can walk into this distillery Chacho? And order off of a full bar, but you couldn't order off of a full bar at Hellbender or City State or Brow or other half. You know, as you can't write proper in Chicago. Yes, because they're a brew pub slash restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And at a production brewery, you could only get the beer that's either produced there or produced by the company brewery that owns it if they've chosen to bring in like a collaboration here or there but i can't get chacho at other half i would say what's up with this you cannot you cannot i I would say it's fair because it's the letter of the law but it's not equitable it's fair because uncle sam federally you know or uh dc locally tells us it's fair but the reality of it is it's unjust it's not it's not i'm telling you in fact it's unfair. unfair Yes, as as my nine year old says, it is it is unfair. But unlike it him, is. this actually is unfair, and not just a nine year old whose brain isn't fully formed still processing the <laughs> world around them. Well, I mean, so for a prime example, one of my closest friends in the white world came to Hellbender, and she's allergic to beer. Like she will projectile vomit if she has beer. And so she just, for the three hours she was hanging out, like didn't have anything and it sucked for her. And you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to sneak. <laughs> you, you, know, you can't yeah, do yeah. that. So, yeah. but that's why I went to Chacho afterwards. Um, right. Like ev- fuel for everybody. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, with so much, with COVID this past year, so many things changed in, in a, in the right direction. Um, and I think eventually we'll get there, you know, with mm-hmm. the breweries being able to do that. But, yeah. you know, I guess it wasn't top priority and it hasn't been. But, you know, because breweries yeah. do want to focus on their beer. Um, and sure. if you go into a brewery and you offer liquor, well, Red Bear, I mean, but it's also a brew pub. But, yeah. um, you know, there are options, but it's not for every place. So hopefully it'll yeah. change. Yeah. yeah, we got to get with the Guild and um, the DC City Council on this. They've been, I think, friendly and amenable to breweries before. Uh, This is something worth investigating. I have one final rant, and it's about Hellbender. They have a a pale beer um, (laughs) brewed with citrus and stone fruits, I believe. Um, But again, it's pale, and it's named after Kyle Schwarber. Um, who just, I believe, tore his hamstring. Um, and Hellbender, that's your fault too. You jinxed him. Um, having hit like 15 home runs uh, in the month of June. Ben, do not listen to this. Ben, this is, on, this is entirely on you and LT. Maybe even Kelly. I will take this as far up the chain as I have to. Anyway, um, they decided to cleverly call uh, the beer Schwarbier. But there's already a beer called a Schwarzbier. Um, Schwarz being... German, Yiddish, black. And so having a pale beer called Schwarbier is confusing. Hellbender, you've already destroyed this man's season. Change the name of the beer. Oh, no. Yard. <laughs> Yard. Man, it's hard. <laughs> I, I think if you want to undo the Hellbender curse, 
You just have to bring a goat to center field, and then you will curse the Chicago Cubs with a century of bad luck. Oh, so God. it's really that it's really that easy. Terrible. <laughs> if there was a goat, I would be there. Goats are no, awesome. I love that. I love that Hellbender is, you know, thousands of days lactose free. So I right. shout out to Hellbender for not putting lactose yes. in their beer. Thank so, you, Hellbender. Yes. Yeah. Love you, Hellbender. Yeah. Yeah. Believe, no I believe it's, yeah, it's like 2,700 days lactose free. It's like zero days without an accident. So don't um, give them a hard that. time. We love yes. you, Ben. We love you, LT. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Keep making Panda Strike Force. Um, yeah. I want to say... Um, or like mention it real quick. So when we were actually at Hellbender um, on Saturday, um, Jake and Richard, myself, Michael Store, I think we were all talking about um, trying to incorporate music because a lot of uh, the local breweries, um, a lot of the the bartenders and um, people behind the bar and making the beer are musicians and I would love to have an event that incorporates beer and music. So I think we are going to um, look into that. So if you're interested, um, keep your eyes peeled and your ears open. So I think we're going to work on that. So get excited. And you should look for information about that across social media, Facebook, Twitter, (gasps) Instagram, where we are. DC beer. (gasps) It's almost like we knew the thing. Cool. Um, no, really, that's what we've got for the show this week. Um, you should continue to patronize your local water holes and establishments. Everybody who's listening to the show better be either vaccinated or have some sort of medically valid excuse for not doing it. Um, but yeah, go out there, spend money, tip big. Hell yeah. Do your thing, everybody. Uh, and, you know, should you should you be sick of us, but you still want podcasts? Sergey and Curran, Beer Me Radio. Sergey! New episode drops every other week. Thank you to her and to um, Julia Hurts, ex-Bruce Association. Very, very cool stuff. All right. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Until next time. Love y'all. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.